Honestly, Bilal is an essential resource for any medical student interested in ophthalmology today. Hearing the personal stories of leaders in the ophthalmology field has made the community seem much more close and personal, particularly in these COVID times. I'm always excited to learn more about my future colleagues and to hear about their journeys and the diversity that exists within the ophthalmology community. It's helped make ophthalmology much more relatable and much more achievable because it's helped me see what it takes to get there. That's Ian Seddon. Ian is a third year medical student at Nova in Fort Lauderdale, and he's interested in ophthalmology. Thanks for listening, Ian. All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Honestly Bilal. I'm your host, Bilal Med, and I'm a fourth-year medical student at the University of Toledo. And this is Honestly Bilal, the show where I talk to aspiring ophthalmologists. I talk to medical students who are interested in ophthalmology, residents training in ophthalmology, and current ophthalmologists in the field today. My guest today is Sana Aslam. Sana is a fourth-year medical student at, medical, at the Medical College of Georgia, and she is applying for a residency in ophthalmology this upcoming fall, like myself. So it's great to be with you, Sana. Thanks for joining me. Hey, Blah, thanks for having me on your crazy busy schedule right now. It's good to be with you. It's always good to have other med students. We talked a lot about this a little before we got on here. You know, we were both missing out on the whole, you know, interview trail in person, right. meet other people, make friends. So another way to hopefully make uh, a lifelong friend. And, and uh, you know, who knows? This is probably the beginning of seeing each other more at conferences down the road when things are normal again and yeah. uh, stuff like that. So it's been, it's been a pleasure for me to, to meet other people like you too. So let's, let's, let's get right to it. So where are you from? Where'd you grow up? Uh, give us your background a little bit. So I was born in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, I was actually the first in my family to be born in America. Um, my parents, my parents got married in Pakistan and then moved to Liberia and had my oldest brother. Okay. Then moved back to Pakistan, had my other brother and then had me. Mm. Um, so I grew up there most of my life and I went to undergrad in Augusta, Georgia. And I did like a seven-year combined medical school program where I did three years of undergrad and now I'm on my fourth year of med school. So I'm almost done with the seven years. Nice. Um, and yeah, I um, have been here in Georgia for most of my life, all of my life, and um, applying to residency this year. Sweet, sweet. Okay. So what is Georgia like? I mean, what's, what's, uh, what's, a, what's the top three things someone should know about Georgia that we, we, can, we can learn from you? Oh man, off the top of my head, um, Coca-Cola. Okay. For sure. Uh-huh. Um, what else is going on? I guess it isn't very a proud fact that we have a lot of coronavirus cases here. That's not good. Uh, yeah, that's a good point. Okay, we can end that part there. Then we'll stop. We don't want to. No more bragging on Georgia. They had their chance and they moved on. So that's fun. Yeah, so exactly. We mentioned that you are applying for ophthalmology. So tell people about your interest in ophthalmology. When did that start? And uh, what what makes you excited about ophthalmology? Um, so my journey to ophthalmology uh, is kind of interesting. I wouldn't say it's really traditional because I feel like most people who want to go into ophthalmology kind of know from beginning of med school. And it, it makes sense. It's such a competitive field that a lot of people know they want to do it right off the bat. Mm-hmm. For me, I always had a really strong neurology background. Gotcha. Um, I, I mentioned this to you before, but my brother had a spinal cord injury. Right. Um, it's been about 11 years. We were in a car accident and um, he injured, I think, T2, as well as like a 
complete brain injury and a brachial plexus injury. Um, and at that time, I was only 13. I broke my femur bone. But uh, watching my brother really recover through the spinal cord injury really got me interested in neurology. Mm. Uh, so I always went into med school thinking I was going to go into neuro. And I was president of the neurology interest group. And I was really into it and I think I just kind of realized spending more time in clinic that I wanted to do more interventional uh, for my patients. I just kind of wanted to be able to do things with my hands to kind of see the effects um, later down the line and I felt like with ophthalmology which is very similar to neurology Mm -hmm. and at my school the ophthalmologists and neurologists work very closely. Um, I got really interested in it and I started shadowing more and I was like hey this is actually really cool like I used to think it it was just so focused on the eye and there wasn't really much to it and then I realized there's so much we don't know about the eye Mm -hmm. Um, we don't learn it in med school so got more into it and when I shadowed in cataract surgery I realized that you can really change someone's life in just a matter of days Um, you know giving people their freedom and their independence is something really powerful and growing up with my brother um from the time I was 13 until now. So um, almost half my life I've kind of seen him with his disability. Um, and I think I just have always wanted to help people more with disabilities. Um, it's kind of been where I was interested in neurology. So being an ophthalmology and being able to do surgery to help people see is kind of what gives me my meaning. Um, and then just getting to know the opto department here, like they're such nice people, they're always happy. Um, you know, like they're just so well known on the hospital for being like the great guys with the ophthalmoscopes everywhere. Um, I really felt like I found the community and then joining Twitter, I definitely found a community online, which is pretty awesome as well. So it's kind of how I found it. Yeah. Awesome story. Very inspirational story. And uh, that's a good, that's a good reason. That's a great reason. I mean, it's somebody who's also applying. uh, That's, you have, I think you have a story that that will resonate with a lot of people. And then, I'm rooting for you. That sounds really cool. And I think it's also interesting that you use uh, you have a dynamic where you used an interest from an experience that you had in your own life that motivated you to do a one field, but then kind of transitioned into ophthalmology, which is still awesome because at the end of the day, like you mentioned, you still have a passion for um, people who are affected by disability. And uh, I think you can still do, you'll do awesome things. So I'm rooting for you. That's really cool. That's a good story. Thank you, Will. Yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask you if you know. I know you just did the rotation at, at MCG. You just did your, your home rotation uh, yeah. at department there, and I saw your picture. I saw I saw you put a picture on Twitter where you were really you, you and a couple people in the opto department were kind of doing some poses with uh, some ophthalmoscopes, and you guys looked like <laughs> having a good time. And you mentioned that you you had a really fun time on the rotation, and and uh, that you know you were smiling the whole month. So anybody in particular you want to give a shout out to, or who made your month really impactful? Anybody out there who 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 uh, helped you out? Yeah, definitely. Um, the picture was with Dr. Estes. She's the program director at MCG. And yeah. she was the one who came up with the idea to take the pictures with the lenses. Um, okay, yeah. yeah, she's super cool. Um, Dr. Bogorad was one of the attendings that really got me into it when I first started shadowing. I think he like really connects with his patients and like he remembers all like the grandchildren and all the recent events in their lives. And I was like, this is what I want. I want continuity of care. I want to see my patients grow up older and be there for them every year um and then all the residents they're mm. all such awesome people like they all take the time to like look at you during surgery and explain to you what's going on and you know like 
if they see you kind of look confused or perplexed during clinic, they'll like look up something on their laptop and start teaching it to you. I, honestly, the whole department was just really, really, really great. That's nice. Awesome. Very cool. Yeah. And then I guess while you were out the rotation, did you did you have any anything that you worked on or recently or anything that you've done in uh, uh, that any recent projects that you've been working on that you that you're proud of or anything that's going on in your own uh, school journey? Well, when I was on the rotation, I was really proud of kind of going in on call. It's not really research, but I, I feel like the shadowing and the clinic experience was a little bit more important than the research at that time. Right. I had some projects going in the background. I had a couple of case reports. Um, I'm doing one on Tigerson's keratitis and nice. like a two-year-old, which is really rare. Uh -huh. um, and I was also doing some basic research in retinopathy of prematurity. But okay. when I was on the rotation, I really wanted to focus on getting the most experience I could in clinic yeah. and in the OR. Um, so there was one time I asked the resident before I left to text me if anything cool happened on call. It was like my second day on the rotation. Yeah. He texted me around like eight o'clock and he was like, hey, like if you're free and if you're near campus, we have this open globe and a lid lack coming in. Oh, okay. So if you're free, like just come by. And I was like, yes, I'm going to drop everything I'm doing right now and head over to the hospital because it's my second day of opto and like, you know, I, I really want to see this stuff. So we had a lid lack happening in like the procedure room and then an open globe in the OR downstairs. And so he let me sew up a little bit of the lid lack. It was my first time ever doing any kind of surgery near the eye. So that was fun. And then we went downstairs and I got to saw, got to see um, the open globe surgery. We did a victrectomy through the pars planus and it was like 1.30 AM. And I was just, I was loving it. I was like, this is exactly what I want to do. Um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't come to the hospital that late for anything else and I ended up leaving around like 2.30. I was like, this is great. This yeah. is, like, I'll never forget this night. Um, so I definitely didn't get to put much emphasis on research during my rotation, but that was okay because I yeah. think I spent most of my time in clinic. Absolutely. It sounds like you made a very memorable yeah. experience out of that. You definitely re-solidified why you're doing it, why you're interested in it. So I think those are cool things and, and props to you for taking initiative to, you know, put yourself in the position where you were, you know, available and then willing to go in. And that's, that's nice. I think it shows a lot and uh, says a lot about you. So that's really cool. So aside from ophthalmology, I mean, I looked at your Twitter bio, like I do when I'm trying to, you know, do a little bit of investigative work on my guests. And I saw that you were a proclaimed plant mom and cat lover. And I know that you told me beforehand that the plant behind you right now is fake. So we're not going to include that. Uh, I fell for it. I thought a little bit, but that's because I'm naive and I don't know much. But what about cats? So, so what, what, what's the whole cat situation? And tell us about that. Oh, man. So my cat lives at home with my parents. His name is Leo. Mm -hmm. And he's the most spoiled cat ever. Like, okay. my mom treats him like her son. Mm. She calls him Beta, which is Urdu for son. Yep. Um, and me and my sister are always like, man, like, mom definitely loves him more than us <laughs> that's okay yeah. well it's not but you know you seem to handle it well that's good yeah 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 it's okay i've gotten over it but uh -huh. they like sit together and chill together and um like he he was a present to me when i was 17 because the cat that i had growing up passed away right before uh -huh. that okay. i had a cat named tickle who was a calico for like 10 years uh -huh. she was like the most loyal and loving cat uh she was great, but when she passed away, our family kind of took it really hard. It's, it's incredible how much animals can make an impact on the family. Um, Seriously, yeah. 
yeah. That sounds fun. And I know that you're also now you told me, which is not in the bio, but I had to do some more detective work when I, before we got on here. And you told me actually something that's not known to many, uh, but you're also a dog lover, a puppy lover. So you're actually, you're, you can't pick between the two, it seems like. You seem like you're a puppy lover too, so. I don't think people are either cat people or dog people. I think you can be in between. I think we can love both. I just never had the opportunity to have a dog growing I up. I see, okay. But I will pet them and love them. And yeah, you know, when, you, when I see them at the park, I tend to kind of scare off the owner because I'm just like, oh, oh you're just like, he wants to touch their dog. That's yeah, yeah. So that's a yeah, acceptable yeah. thing to do, actually. I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I only make eye contact with the dog. I'm like, you're yeah. so. <laughs> <laughs> that's so you're an animal lover. We'll, we'll call you an animal lover. How about that? Let's just yeah, go, yeah. Let's go broad with it. Okay, that's good. So you're inclusive to other pets too, not just one. Definitely would be a vet if it wasn't for med school. Oh, okay. Interesting. Good to know. That's something unique. All right. I, I don't think I share that same passion. I don't know if I'd be a vet, but you know, yeah. there has to be somebody out there who loves animals. So we have a dog. We have a puppy. Uh, his name is Juno. So um, yeah, if anybody has a dog, it's He's, he's, he's a source of entertainment for us. So I, I definitely I definitely know what puppy love is. And now I'm a victim to seeing what puppy eyes uh, means when you actually get love. And it's a weak, man, I'm telling you, it's a weak, it's, a, it's, it's tough to not give in. When they want a peanut or like a piece of chicken, I'm like, ah, oh, fine, you're so cute. It's okay. Just don't tell anyone. So then something else you told me is that you are into CrossFit and biking, so you're into working out. So tell us about how hard it's been to get a bike during COVID-19. Oh my goodness. Every single store is sold out. Like, huh. unless you're willing to spend thousands of dollars on like expensive mountain bikes, it's pretty hard to find one. Um, I was able to find a used one actually, so okay. not a new one, but still good enough. And it was a nice mountain bike, which is what I wanted. Cause nice. here in Augusta, we have a lot of trails and a lot of parks. We're right on the Savannah River. Yeah. So there's a lot of opportunities to go outside. So yeah, I was definitely really thrilled to be able to find one. Um, yeah, it was pretty tough. Yeah, that is tough. I mean, these are all sold out as quarantine. Yeah, and it's also the med school uh, budget-friendly one, so I think that works out too. Thousands of dollars for a bike is something I cannot, I cannot do right now. So exactly. Cool. Our gym actually just opened up like this past month. But oh yeah. Masks on, and they're only open for certain hours. Mm -hmm. Like hours where they're cleaning. It's just really hard to try to make it to the gym before six for me. Yeah, well, I don't I think a lot of people are in that boat, and I'm definitely one of them too, so don't worry. I'm not that crazy person. Who can, I don't know, people can do that. They can wake up at 4.30 and like go work out and like drink 64 ounces of water a day. I'm like, how do you guys do this? I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to hang in, but it's uh, if I can get one bottle of like just, you know, Dasani down, which is like the worst water company, I'm lucky. Thank you. I had to remind myself to drink water. That's today good. I was getting a headache during clinic and I was like, should I drink more coffee? No, I haven't had water today. It's, <laughs> a, it's a counterintuitive thing though, isn't it? It's weird. It's like, gosh, more caffeine. Like, you know, I'm, my kidneys are probably dying right now. I should probably drink more. Just hydrate me. Yeah. So one other final thing we have to talk about. This is a very big deal for me and I'm sure it's a big deal for a lot of other people out there, us, uh, especially members of the South Asian community. But you had an opportunity to meet Hasan Minaj and you missed it. You actually missed the opportunity. Tell uh, everybody the story. Yeah. I'm so, I'm bummed for you. So we're going to hopefully get a chance to tag him when this is up. But oh, tell yeah. us about the story. Yeah. So Hassan Minaj, um, actually, he like came to Atlanta a couple of years ago, like 10 years ago when he wasn't as famous and had like a really small show. And my brother was at that show. And I guess my brother and him kind of became friends, like being Muslim guys, and they just kind of like started talking. And then my brother needed a ride home for some reason, and Hassan gave him a ride home. And 
Hassan ended up coming inside our house, coming into our kitchen and like meeting my mom and dad. And at that time, like he had like this like, really weird, like slicked back long hair. And my dad was like, why is, why is his hair like that? He's such a weird dude. And my brother was like, he's a comedian. Like that's just kind of his vibe. Yeah. And I, I think at that time I was in like 11th or 12th grade. And that was the one night that I went to bed at 11 p.m. Because usually, like, I went to bed at 1 or 2. I was taking, like, six AP classes at that time or something like that. So I was usually up studying or something. That was the one night I went to bed early. And I woke up, and my brother was like, yeah, like, Hassan Minaj came over last night, actually. And he met our parents. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That's such a bummer. <laughs> insane, insane. And... Yeah, he actually came back to Atlanta like a couple years ago. My brother met up with him again and they uh -huh. got another reunion picture of their friendship. And I, I didn't end, end up going to that show either. <laughs> so two is zero for two right now. Two. Maybe one day. One day. Maybe. I'll my association. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll get, you, we'll get you one for three hopefully soon. You never know. Yeah. He can come back to Atlanta. He may be in your area wherever you train someday. Maybe he'll be there. So I hope. Interesting. I hope so. I really yeah. do. And if not, you can just watch Patriot Act on Netflix. That's just good enough for now. Yeah, I've been watching that every other night when I'm, I'm like alternating between Avatar and the Patriot Act. Right oh, I loved Avatar. Yeah. The Last Airbender? Yes. Oh yeah. my gosh. I used to Netflix now. So good. I used to love it as a kid. I, it came out like I was in fifth grade. It was so, even back then, I was like, this is revolutionary. This is like, yeah. how come no one ever thought about this? Yeah. Firebending and waterbending and airbending and no, no, no. I look back, I'm like, okay, what was I thinking? Ten year old me. But it's still good. I don't know. It's still like it's, it's funny. my childhood. It's really you know? funny. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a wholesome show, show for it sure. Is. It is. And it's like a it's long. I mean, there's like four seasons and it's like the evolution of all the characters throughout it. So yeah. anybody who's not seen Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, if you don't have a life like I don't, then uh watch <laughs> it to uh, make yourself feel better. So it's a great show. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely great, man. Yeah. Well, Sana, it's been a it's been a pleasure to get to know you, to have you on today, uh, and I'm wishing you all the best this uh, this fall for application season. And I think you have a great story. I think that you are you're very approachable, easy to talk to. I think you're do great. And uh, why don't you let people know where they can find you on Twitter uh, if they can if they want to network with you or follow you? Sure, sure. I think my username is just Sana Aslam. It's S A N A H A S L A M. Okay. Um, I guess you can just find me just by plugging it in. Yeah. Um, I use Twitter mainly just for looking for webinars and kind of seeing what people are doing, especially like during quarantine when all the away rotations are being canceled. I was mm -hmm. like, you know, what's, what's happening in the opto world? Because yeah. I don't really know anything myself. And I think being on there and meeting people and meeting attendings was probably the best thing that I did for this application season. Oh, I definitely nice. felt like I was in the loop, you know? Right, right. In the loop. No, that's a good thing. To, I think it's a good, it's a, it's a good great resource to have it's a time to use as now and uh and i think that you uh you should keep promoting your your interesting pictures with cool attendings that must be people who really must like you and, and want to be around you so uh wishing you all the best and come back sometime and talk more about uh, finding a bike maybe or talk about puppies you've initially met or even uh you know taking calls sometimes so we'll, we'll we'll keep in touch and uh, you're always welcome to come back on the show sounds good thanks for having me Bilal. yeah absolutely bye-bye Thanks for listening to Honestly Bilal. You can find the video format of these interviews on the Honestly Bilal YouTube channel. 
For all the latest updates on chats with future guests, follow me on Twitter at Bilal underscore 1712 and on Instagram at honestlybilal. Thanks and chat with you soon.